Hi, this is Patty Negri, and you're listening to The Witching Hour on My Paranormal Network. Hi, welcome to The Witching Hour. I am Patty Negri, psychic, medium, and good witch, and your host for this hour journey into the other worlds. You might recognize me from my regular appearances on Ghost Adventures, or from my book, Old World Magic for the Modern World, or from my appearances. But this is my baby. This is the witching hour. What is the witching hour, you may say? Well, actually, it's late at night, somewhere between midnight and 3 a.m., when the veil between the worlds is the thinnest and magic happens. But this witching hour is whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This witching hour is about you and bringing magic and information and all sorts of empowering things to make you and your life happier, better, more evolved, or just a lot more fun. Um, Every week, I'm going to bring you my lifetime of experiences, education, spirituality, but best of all, I'm going to bring you amazing guests. the best in the world, leaders in their in their fields from all over the world, thought-provoking, entertaining, and informational chats with people who are the absolute best in magic, spirituality, the occult, metaphysics, and all things supernatural. So sit back and relax and enjoy this journey into the other worlds. And this week is absolutely no exception. I'm very proud to say one of my dearest friends in the entire world. Let me introduce you to tonight's guest, Father Sebastian. Father Sebastian has been active in the vampire sub and vampire subculture since 1992. He's a master fangsmith, published author, and impresario of the Endless Night Vampire Ball. Father has appeared on Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures, CW, History Channel, Discovery, and MTV. His interviews have been in the New York Times, Glamour, Cosmo, Revolver Magazine, and many more. And and Rolling Stone, I know, that's a new one. Um, He travels between Paris, New York, Florida, New Orleans, and LA, making fangs and hosting amazing events. Ladies and gentlemen, my dear friend, Father Sebastian. Hey, Father. I'm back. Yay. Yes. Thank you for coming on. Um, you're my first person to come three times on the witching hour and it, cause it makes me so happy. So this is around February. So we, I just want to tell everybody a little bit. We met actually on ghost adventures. It was a Halloween episode at, um, Zach's museum. And I was locked away in a gypsy cabin somewhere and, and I was seeing things, you know, in my mind's eye, so to speak. And I remember seeing somebody lying on the floor and it was this beautiful vampire you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, every time I go back to Zach's museum, uh, people recognize me on the tour from the fact that I won't go in that room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was the Bella Lugosi mirror room. And um, very haunted mirror. Mirrors in general are, are, are portals anyway and haunted in almost anything in Zach's museum. But yeah, you were possessed. You were, you, were, you were knocked down, knocked out. For five seconds. Yeah, five seconds on television. <laughs> and I woke up in Zach's arms and every girl in the world got jealous of me. Exactly, exactly. And we just hit it off immediately. We just became the dearest of friends. And I do remember, we, you know, that social media thing. And I remember when you first, you, you offered to fang me because you are a fangsmith. And I'm like, 
exciting maybe i don't know because again me being in the spiritual and metaphysical and occult community um i didn't know enough about vampires i didn't know enough about you before i decided if i'd be fanged or not or come into the family and the more i learned about you studying even before i went i'm like oh my gosh i do love this man i love what you stand for what you believe in so um why don't you tell everybody again a lot of my guests may probably do know who you are but for those who don't what is father sebastian what is the vampire culture or subculture well, in there's there's many different aspects of sebastian okay there's the vampire sebastian and then there's the warlock sebastian and I am the author of a book called Black Veils, which is right here. Oop. <laughs> Beautiful book, by the way. Beautiful and inside and out. It's kind of like a conversation starter for those who want to explore vampire culture. It goes on Amazon February 14th, and I'll have it. It's going to be in two different books, book one and book two. And the first book is uh, coming forth by day, which is basically the uh, vampire culture, philosophy, uh, timeline. And then there's a second book called uh, Vampire Path of Night. And that book explores the, meta the basics of the metaphysical perspective of the vampire or the night side. And Black Veils is kind of like a nexus of all the different vampire traditions it's kind of somewhere in the middle and somewhere inspiring and defining a lot of the vampire subculture so i have a really good list of great books that you can read that i refer people to in the back that are books that i've read and i thought would benefit people about the vampire world but i the vampire current the flow of energy of the vampire archetype is an egregore and a collective consciousness and the whole vampire genre from metaphysics to role-playing games to energy work is to me an empowering genre. Uh, and you have three types of vampires and the first type is the vampire with a Y and black veil vampires are a part of that culture. And they're basically, the, de the definition that I like to work with, I have right here, it's a new definition. And I think this will explain vampires to everybody. So let me read it. You, this is the first, to, you guys are the first to hear it. Ooh, a first on the witching hour, yay. Yay. Ah. Vampires are sovereign individuals who are self-initiated and energetically sensitive beings who in practice are part alchemist and part magician. Vampires, when spelled with a Y, are generally distinct from psychic vampires, people who are energy deficient, and sanguinarians, blood drinkers. Vampires learn to gather life force by interacting with the world around them and the environment which in, the, in which they live. They then refine the gathered energy into a higher form known as ambrosia, which is a highly sacred alchemical act known to vampires as communion. Once this act is completed, the vampire can, as an individual or a group, direct the ambrosia towards a goal or intention through vampire magic and sorcery. 
The vampire current is the collective egregore of elemental energy and frequency of the vampire mythos and archetype throughout the human consciousness. The Black Bells are a curated collection of traditions, culture, and words of power and teachings researched by Father Sebastian, me, on my 25, on his 25-year, it's hard to talk in a third person, <laughs> on his 25-year journey through the vampire culture and current. Example veils include immortality, dragon, primal, romance, mystery, transhumanism, music, culture, elegance, glamour, courtesy, chivalry, magic, uh, ritual, libertine, and sensuality. Uh, there are three basic uh, levels of vampiric self-initiation in the Black Veils tradition, which are known as ordeals, include coming forth by day, coming forth by night, and coming forth by twilight. Higher levels of initiation known as magisters are not known to the public. So that kind of gives my definition of what I practice. And it's very, very different from blood drinking, and it's very different from uh, psychic vampirism. I, it's beautiful. Again, once I learned about it, and I've, I'm you know, like three years now part of the family, and I'm a magician. I do magic. I do spell working. So do you, and yours is beautiful. I do rituals. So do you, and your thing, and, and stepping into this. Again, it's a slightly different outfit, so to speak, or template. But what I love about the culture and the vampire culture and how you've created it, it's, it's I mean, you know, I thought witchcraft was romantic. You guys are the end all be all of romance and chivalry and politeness and that's so lost in our modern world you know one of the things that i found interesting is that a lot of people see vampires as evil okay <laughs> or good i don't see vampires are good are good or evil i see them as very primal and animalistic and yet cultured and civilized and it confuses a lot of people because vampires are very loving beings, but if you cross them, it's not a good idea. You know, like witches. <laughs> sure. And you know, I, I've the vampire with a Y, or um, which has a couple traditions, started in the with Palidori, Lord Byron. Uh, wrote a book called uh, a short story called The Vampire with a Y, and I think it was in the end of the 18, uh, 18 teens, 1816 or eighteen nineteen, and he wrote that when Mary Shelley wrote Prometheus is is Frankenstein, we know it's better as Frankenstein, and the vampire has always been this noble, elegant, regal regency persona, and that is what I embrace. And there's other types of vampires, and they are confused by, by me because I'm a black veil vampire. I'm a vampire witch um, called a Strigovai, and I'm not a psychic vampire. I don't. I'm not parasitic, okay, or energy deficient. I have no energy deficiency at all, okay. I'm I'm a recovered blood drinker. I tried it out for a couple of years, and then I found that gathering energy from the environment around me was much healthier, and that life force has fueled my career. Everything I do is magic. It's vampirism and witchcraft. 
That's beautiful. It's, again, rings such a bell to me and so familiar. Um, and again, the romance and beauty. Now we are, this is February. This is love month. And um, we're going to talk about love because it is February. But even that, one of the most amazing things you do, because I was there last year, I don't know the year before, is you have a beautiful vampire ball. So tell people about Talk about elegance. Talk about romantic. Um, we're talking to producer Rob before you came on, and he's saying you might be responsible for more couples getting together, marriages, and uh, you know, romance magic than than matchmakers. Well, behind me is the stage of the Paris Vampire Ball of 2013, and that was in uh, Friday. I think it was a Friday or Saturday, the 13th. 2013 yeah. and you can see our banner right there and it was in a circus tent on the border of paris france uh near port near port de Villette, because paris you know paris not by streets like in new york or la you know paris by metro stations and ports and ports mm -hmm. are the gates of the city and the venue was called cabaret savage if you look it up it was Oh my God. So Paris is a city of romance and I spent eight wonderful long years in Paris and fell in love with her, created an egregore and then moved to LA. <laughs> and we're and, glad you did. Yeah. And one of the things that is magical about the vampire archetype, which I call vampire virtues, or black veils is that romance and mystery and seduction are vampire virtues. Love, vampires are beings of love. Maybe I should read the love black veil. Some say only love can defeat death. Love is the evolved state of the survival instinct to keep a relationship together and strong. Overall, love is an expression of kindness, affection, and compassion. The vampire is a creature of love. For the vampire, every love is a different experience. Some examples include the love of life, fraternal love, parental love, love between vampires, love of the self, and spiritual love. English is limited to one word, however. Vampire eyes allow the vampire to see more of the potential of all living beings. Thus, first and foremost, the vampire loves life. More than any time in history, mankind has been seduced by the vampire archetype because of vampires are passionate and in love with the black veils. So love for a vampire is not, the, the first love of a vampire is themselves. That's why they look in the mirror and they block the mirror. Okay, you gotta you gotta fight with a vampire for the mirror. And love is a mating call. But for the vampire, they have to put themselves first because it's about survival. So when you meet a vampire and you meet a vampire couple, they can love each other but they will always, as an individual, put themselves first. And it's not about selfishness, it's about primal survival. And, you know, the Greeks have 12 words for love, 
the Romans had a very different dynamic of love. There was love between brothers. There was love between father and son. There was love between a husband and his wife. There was love between a father, uh, a student and a mentor. And they were all different things. And English has a very limited perspective, perspective of love. But I see, I, that doesn't sound shocking to me about love yourself first, because even in the non-vampiric or non-witchy or non-occultic world, what I teach love stuff with, with Merle, our mutual friend Merle, what we teach you have to love yourself first, you know, and just basic, even psychology. If you don't love yourself, how are you going to love somebody else? So that's, that's a beautiful psychology in itself. Yeah. Love is magic. Love it's, is magic. It's, it's a powerful thing. Um, also, there was love for your gods, love for your spirits. And the vampire puts love of themselves first because if they don't take care of themselves and the self, you know, selfishness is not a bad thing for the vampire. It's, it's, it's a survival instinct. But it doesn't mean the vampire is not capable of loving others or uh, different expressions of love. There's, there's a special type of love between vampires. There's a love I have for my students, my, my vampire children. Mm -hmm. um, and I base my business on love and magic. You know, a lot of people go, oh, he's just out to make money. And I'm like, if I could make a lot of money, I would throw more events and create more magical experiences. Because I invest in my my the magic of my business. I love Endless Night. And I love the vampire world. And I love the vampire genre. And I'm really excited because after this pandemic, there's going to be a roaring 20s for quite a while. I'm... I'm excited by that. And yes, again, that chivalry, that romance, you go to the vampire ball. I've been to several now. I've been to New Orleans and Dallas and LA and Vegas. And and you just don't see normal people like that, men in suits and velvet and top hats and women in gorgeous gowns. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. People bow and people curtsy and do all sorts of great things. I, I, it did, you even married a couple last year at the Los Angeles Valentine's Ball. Yes, it was yeah. called Abundant Roses. We should talk about vampire weddings. Okay, talk about vampire weddings. So a vampire wedding is traditionally called a blood and roses ceremony, and it's similar to a hand fasting. Okay, and hand fasting is an old, believe it or not, a lot of people are not aware of this, hand fasting was invented by Christians. Okay, and it was a Celtic tradition to bond with the person you love, not the person you had to legally marry. And the neo-pagans thought that was a better idea than getting married. So, of course, vampires got to do the great idea. And vampire, vampire weddings, blood and roses had three rings. And what's great is that the wedding has, a, the, the commitment has an expiration date. So you can let it expire if you don't want to mm -hmm. get divorced. So the first rings is for a year and a day, and it's equivalent to a normal courtship or engagement, okay? And it's a tester marriage. And you're married, you're bonded, but you usually don't do a legal wedding then. The second, at the end of that, 
year and a day. You can you can renew it at the first rings. You can let it expire, or you can move to the second rings, which is for seven years, and then you legally get married. Wow. Okay, and you do a you know you can do a bloodletting and and you know blooding or whatever you know just like you do in traditional paganism. After seven years, then the marriage either is renewed at the second rings. You can't go back to the first rings. You're screwed. Okay. You have another wedding ceremony for the to renew the, the second rings or to go to the third rings or to let it expire. So you got to legally get divorced, though. <laughs> um, and then the third rings is to bring you together in the afterlife. Wow, that's interesting that you would do. Of course, vampires live forever because it's <laughs> <I wish. laughs> uh, Well, in a sense, we do. It's how you go on. But in, I was hand fasting. My husband and I were did a pagan hand fasting, and we never got to the forever. It's as, Well, we just did as long as we both shall love, not as both shall live or anything like that. But we never got into afterlife stuff. That's kind of cool. And you guys, I love the seven-year thing because you get past the seven-year itch. <laughs> yes, but the idea is that it's it's a vampire wedding is designed to um, evolve with the couple. And it's it's interesting because I've performed dozens of them and everybody wants to go right to the second rings. I'm like, are you crazy? You gotta have a practice marriage first. So I, uh, I kind of made an exception at the Vampire Ball in in uh, Los Angeles. It was Vlad and Somi, and they were in love. And I tell you, they were bridezillas. <laughs> Isn't every bride? No. Why were they bridezillas? <laughs> oh, it's just a long story. I'm not gonna get into the details, but. It was, they were really nervous. So I made them write their vows. Because, you know, a vampire wedding, vampires are sovereign beings, self-initiated. So I'm only the witness for the wedding. I mean, it's not by the power of me do I make you a couple. It's by your own will that you make yourselves a couple. The will and the connection between the two people can be acknowledged by other people, but it only matters to the, it really the primary focus is the connection between the two people that are there. Mm, that's beautiful. And of course they'd be nervous. I mean, ev everybody's nervous at their own wedding, big or little. They were getting married at a vampire wedding in front of what, 1,000, 1,200 people and they're on stage and 1,000, 1,200 people looking up at them. Yeah. <laughs> they were it was a beautiful. Shot. It was beautiful. Sure. And sadly, we're not going to be able to have that experience in the future, near future, because of the pandemic. So we're doing on Saturday, February 13th, a virtual vampire ball at EndlessNight.com. Yeah. So, and you've been doing these, you've been doing the the Black Veils, and they've been beautiful, virtual gatherings with with DJs and ritual rooms. I have a seance room. So it kind of explained what these virtual events are to people who may not quite get that yet. 
Okay, so one of the things that I'm, I've always, you know, virtual events are, are done on Zoom, but there's different rooms, okay? And each room has a different theme. So you host the seance room. Kadrick hosts the ritual chamber. Uh, Victor Magnus is the key gatekeeper. And then there's three dance floors for this one. There's the Babylon ballroom, the long black veil ballroom, and the chapel ballroom. And each room is hosted by, uh, the long black veil one is hosted by uh, Matt and Angel. And they're going to have go-go dancers. There are traditional classic vampire DJs. Then there is uh, Shannon McCabe from the Shannon McCabe Sacramento Vampire Ball. She's obviously not running vampire balls. So she is helping us run the chapel and she will take your confession and she's hanging out with DJ Hawk and she will, I mean, she's, I'm going to ordain her a proper priestess. And then there is the Babylon ballroom, which is a new project called the court of Babylon, which is opening in Las Vegas. And that is a run with uh, DJ baby magic from cloak and dagger. Beautiful. And we're going to have all the performances in that room. The hostess will be Danny Devine, our, our spokesmodel. And she's a really famous model. Everybody's seen her. She's like a little vampire Barbie doll. Uh, I don't, you know, I think she needs an action figure. She should have a doll. Everybody should have a doll. Yes. Correct. And then endless night action figures. That would be great. Yes. Yeah, you should have a doll. You should have a... A vampire Ken doll or G.I. Joe Ken doll or whatever vampire G.I. <laughs> Joe. Uh, and and, and you, I'm sure I, I picture everybody in their head right now. My psyche is going, how do you have dance floors and you guys are in little Zoom squares? It's that you do. People set up their their lair, you call it. You like you have a lair now and I have a lair here. But you people dress for it. You even though you're sitting in your living room, in your office, in your bathroom, wherever you set it up with lights and candles and people go all out. Out. So yeah, they are dancing on the dance floor. So you're t in your own house, but you're with all these people. It's the most magical thing. Absolutely. And what what's what's great is is it's not just your dress code. It's your layer. It's it's you can you do a virtual backdrop like I'm doing now, or you set up a really cool place where you have like you know you have your little setup here, Patty. It looks really cool. And what is really nice is that you don't have to go far and it, the, the events 21 and over we don't really id but you know the the vampire lounge is hosted by uh uh buck argos from melbourne australia and uh johanna moresco of the crew shadows band the violinist from the crew shadows and they they have a great time because they read black veils and then they uh, do uh, 11 o'clock before your seance, they do a thing called show off your familiar and mm -hmm. everybody brings their snakes and their cats and their chihuahuas and their puppies and, their, and they show off their pets and everybody sees all their different animals. It's pretty cool. It's very so cool. I'm really excited to see the, the, the parade of the familiars mm -hmm. and what familiars people come up with I mean, guinea pigs and and hamsters and all sorts of stuff. And the anti-Valentine's ball, 
as we call it, anti-Valentine's Vampire Ball. Uh, we, we're going to have VIP, 50 VIP tickets with these red onks. So, oh, you don't have one? I don't have one. I need one. So these little red onks are exclusive for this. And this is the Babylon onk. So we're kind of introducing Babylon, our new vampire court, the court of Babylon, which is continuing the thing. It's, and you, I'm, I'd be in Babylon dress code, but I need a flurry, fluffy shirt. Babylon is going to start in Las Vegas at the foundation room at the house of blues on the top of the uh, Mandalay Bay. And that is going to be a Regency event, a Regency vampire salon where it is not black tie, but close. And we're introducing it in Valentine's day virtually. So when the pandemic started, our friend Michael Patterson had a thing called Cloak in the Cloud. And I thought it was great because, you know, we had something to do every Tuesday. Yeah. And people from around the world. So what's great about virtual events is that we have a map of an old mansion and in different theme rooms. So the the Vampire Lounge, the parlor with Rose Sinister, the, um, uh, the seance room with you and, and Richard Lale. Um, then three dance floors, and each dance floor has a different type of music. And then we have a ritual at midnight for the Crimson Festival. And the Crimson Festival is a vampire holiday that is designed to represent that love is a different experience for each person you meet. And that you are grateful for your past loves. You don't reject your past loves. You appreciate them and you light a candle for each of your major loves. And you call out to them and say, thank you for the wonderful experience. Even though that maybe the situation changed, we still share that love and that experience. And you can pull energy from that experience. You're not pulling energy from that person, but you're empowering yourself with the love that you had and you can move forward and love other people. I love that. And that's my philosophy. I am friends with all my exes. I, I, I'm always so sad when somebody's like somebody who you really liked really well, or you loved enough to be in a relationship. How does that turn to hate so often? It's like, does that negate all whatever minutes, years, lifetimes you spent together? So I like that. I like the Crimson Festival. Again, I, I, it's part of your life. So celebrate it, make it part of it, all the colors of who you are. Um, so this is a weird year. Again, we've all been quarantined and, and again, we all need love. Love is all we need. Or so they say love cures all. I can go into every love, love, love. So do you have any advice for people now until we become into that roaring twenties, which I can't wait, um, you know, as we're still getting into quarantine or how do people, you know, perpetuate their, their love, self-love, love of other people? Well, now is the time we can do a lot of shadow work and take the opportunity of the quiet. Um, I was talking to Buck the other day and he said they locked down like serious for like six months. And I love being solitary. I love nothing open and, and having to go out and see people. I love not shaking hands or hugging. It's wonderful for me. Okay. I love it. It's so awesome. Yeah. And I, I love bows and curtsies. I, I really love my space. 
and that's a form of love. And I, I don't like when people assume they can touch me because I, energetically I can, I'm so sensitive that I connect to them deeply and I feed on them. And I don't want people touching me and, and, and <laughs> then feeling like I'm draining them. So, so it's, it's better for me to bow and curtsy and it's more romantic and sensual. And that's why I wear leather gloves a lot when I'm out. That's good. Well, so everybody remember that when we're live again and we're all at the balls and parties all over the world, bow and curtsy to Father Sebastian. I right. don't miss handshaking. The more we get this germy thing, I do miss hugs, so I want hugs. And, and I just heard something. I don't know if it's new news or old news, just saying, um, that like two to three minutes of hugging today helps your physical health by 33%. It does something to your, not endorphins, but whatever that is. That's amazing, two to three minutes of hugging. I don't know if true, because the French don't hug. They kiss on the cheeks, probably not anymore. And they live longer than any Western culture. Really? I don't know, I'm gonna look into that. But I think hugging can include your, your dog, your cat, your familiar, yeah, like, your so. whatever. But <laughs> I get that, it, it, if it chemically does something to you, how awesome is that? I mean, that just shows, again, the science behind love, whatever form you're taking that love in, it really does affect you. It really is chemical. Well, I think that's great, and I hope it works for a lot of people. I know my boundaries and my limits, and I, I will hug people privately and close friends, no. but I, when, I'm, when I'm hugging 40, 50 people a night, I... I I just, if you want me to feed on you, great, hug me. Okay. <laughs> All right. It, it's your own, it's your own, own decision, but I've, I've warned you. Okay. So explain that. Cause people out there might be going, Oh, what does that mean? What does that mean? Okay. You're going to take my energy. Am I going to, am I going to pass out? Like, like you did in Belagosi mirror. What does I'm that mean? Am I going to get tired? Am I going to be possessed? What does that mean? Well, vampires are beings of energy and as my dear friend Don Webb said in his new book um, that's coming out in May, Energy of the Vampire, Energy Magic of the Vampire. Vampires are, because I love other authors that are contributing to the empowering vision of the vampire genre. And Don has been a member of the Vampire uh, Order of the Vampire, which was the first vampire group in the 90s. Uh, no, 80s, 1984. Wow. And he's... He's got a really fresh approach to it, and I'm really just exploring it now. But the vampire gathers energy, okay? That's the term that I use instead of feeding or harvesting, gathering energy. And I was really happy to see that Don used the same word. Yay. And he says that a, vampire has, a vampire's need is to have more life force than the average human. And I'm learning a lot from his book. It's not everything is, is my thing, but uh, I, I love seeing it in a scholarly, intellectual way. And I'm gonna write a review for it on my blog, fathersebastian.com slash blog, The Whisperings of Father Sebastian. Mm -hmm. And I think that energy, every being feeds on energy. Humans exchange energy all the time. The vampire is just more conscious of it. 
And then ref together vampires can form a communion and they can cycle energy together and amplify it. And they create a, a nectar called ambrosia, which is the nectar of the gods. You can use that for sorcery and stuff like that. Energy, a lot, I like the uh, spoon analogy. Remember the spoon analogy? Yes, but tell our listeners. Okay, so I think if you look up spoons analogy, it talks about how many spoons you have a day. I got 10 spoons. And when you're out of spoons, you need to chill. You need to decompress. So I'm out of spoons. And vampires need more spoons, than, more, have more spoons. Vampires with a Y have more spoons and have more energy than other people usually because they they gather it from everything from experiences to dance to whatever and that gathering of energy is then used to make communion with other vampires that's our covens yeah. okay our rituals we call our covens houses and we have geographic events called courts which are usually geographics like the court of babylon is is based in Vegas but moves around. It's at the foundation rooms at the House of Blues. And Babylon is a collection of vampires expressing their energy. And our and our vampire friends, which we call mm -hmm. black swans. Yes. So vampirism for me is not psychic parasitic vampirism. Okay. It's not blood drinking. Even though I have a blood craving, I do. I've drinking blood and it tastes great and it's very wonderful, but it energetically is very, very deep and it's a very heavy feed and very puts everybody at health risk. So like a heavy Italian dinner too. <laughs> lots of lots of meat and uh, pasta sauce. <laughs> lots of sauce, lots of meatball. Yeah. Um uh, no, I but you guys do create, I mean, do you guys, we create, and can, I don't know, can we even talk about the ritual that you just did a worldwide ritual at the last holiday? That sure. was one of the most magical things ever. Well, was, we, we have a festival, we have festivals or vampire holidays. And Yule is the longest night of the year. But because we were doing everything virtually this year, everybody in Argentina and and Brazil and South Africa, New Zealand and Australia were in summertime. So it was their day side festival, the longest day of the year. So Kadrick and, and uh, Magister Kadrick and Adept Buck, Buck is a sexy, sexy man. Yes, they both are. <laughs> Kadrick kinds of sexy. And, and Buck yeah, big boy. Viking man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A Viking and a sexy a Aussie, buck. Aussie. buck reminds me of a buck, a deer. And a, a deer, a deer, a deer. Um, but Buck is just a magical being. And he's married to Dionysus. And he's he's awesome. And Kadrick is just magical himself. If I ever get married, okay, Kadrick has promised me 12 years ago to marry me. Awesome. I'm like, I, I got to get married. And that was that was for my previous girlfriend. So we'll see about the future. <laughs> um, yeah. 
vampires are sexy. I, 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 even going into the culture, it, it is. Again, it's that sensuality. It's that sexiness. So if anybody's interested in it, you're going to get sexier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to sex, sex it up. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you it was a ritual. We did a group ritual, which sure, it was, night side that. and day side. I got carried on by Buck. It's okay. I know. It happens. Buck is... Ah. Buck is ah. Wow. Um, so what, what we do is we're doing the Crimson Festival ritual on February 13th, which will be midnight by the time the ritual. During the witching hour, we open up the chapel or the uh, chamber, which is the ritual chamber, the temple in the uh, in the vampire world, the vampire temple, um, not the organization, but the actual temple for the vampire. That's the name of an organization. The vampire sanctum, the chamber, yeah. the vampire um, place where we do rituals. <laughs> we call it Sanctum. And Kedrick is going to do a, a calling of um, an invocation of our past loves. Mm. And remember them and not mourn them, but celebrate them. Because that love isn't being. Like, for example, I believe that every human being who has a soul, not all humans have souls. Um, I've met some without souls, NPCs. And I believe that each person has a spark of divinity. Each human has a spark of divinity in them. That's what makes them sentient. And when you get together and you express that, I think it's beautiful. But when vampires get together, so what we did is that we, we celebrated the day side and night side festivals simultaneously so the the balance of light and dark was very strong lasted for days everybody i talked to said it lasted for days me too yeah oh that's great yeah love to hear that yeah 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 ritual we're gonna do the the opposite of that ritual um on june 21st where buck will host the night side version and kedrick will do the day side version that's fabulous. So, so anyway, if this is, I know we're getting sort of close to the end. Um, so how can, if people are going, oh, I'm intrigued by this guy. I want to read his books. I want to go to maybe one of his, some of his events or both. How do people find you, Father Sebastian? Well, there's two basic ways besides my website, fathersebastian.com. It's two A's at the end. You can find the vampire Sebastian, Father Sebastian, at fathersebastian.com and all my social media links are there. And I, I prefer Instagram and uh, Facebook. I have a page and I'm not a big Twitter guy, but Instagram and Facebook are my powerhouses. But you do Twitter for those well, who are Twitter people. Twitter. Uh, my <laughs> Instagram feeds the Twitter. Okay, there you go. Yes. So, okay, and your book. And now, so you said that right now, because we're right there, that you, your Black Veils is coming onto Amazon. Yeah, the Kindle edition's coming on Amazon on Valentine's Day Day. And I think it will be $6.66. Beautiful. Uh, I had to. You had to. Um, and it's really, really beautiful. So, so if people, how do people like say they're going, mm, I'm kind of getting into this. I want to buy the books other than Amazon or the onks or find out events. Don't you have okay. a, you can go to fathersebastian.com for me 
You can go to endlessnight.com for the events, sabertooth.com for the fangs. And so I have two companies, Sabretooth and Endless Night. And if you want to know about Black Veil Vampires and Black Veils, you can go to blackveilvampires.com and find out about that. But all the links come from my main Father Sebastian page. And Whispers of Father Sebastian is my new blog that I'm launching. And it's uh, really beautiful. And I, I celebrate beauty and love and romance and all the mystical elements of the vampire current that empowers me and has driven my life and, and, and my being and has brought me around the world making and, fangs. These, these hands have made more fangs than anybody in the world. Yes. How many of us can say we've had Father Sebastian's hands deep into our mouths? I can. <laughs> it's a thing. And you go through a ritual. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful, again, it's a ritual. It's an experience. It's, it's a, a form of commitment. It's great. But what you've done, Oh, it worldwide. Again, you do these events worldwide and you have people worldwide. So that's where the virtual thing is working. And for how you've been doing this, what, 20, 25 years? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Which is not bad for a guy who's just turned 30 or 300. <laughs> <laughs> no, a vampire's relationship with time is different. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. Anyway, well, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, Everybody, Father Sebastian, fathersebastian.com, and that Sebastian does have two A's. Um, it's the Dutch the, spelling. The Dutch spelling. He's a Dutch vampire. Um, come to the ball. They're still, the ball, I think, is this week with the magic of time and space, which sometimes works in this world. Endlessnight.com for that. Endlessnight.com. And so we'll see you on the dance floor or the ritual room or the seance room. So thank you very much. Thank you, Father Sebastian. Check him out, everybody. Um, I am Patty Negri, and you are listening to The Witching Hour. You can find me at pattynegri.com, P-A-T-T-I-N-E-G-R-I.com. All the social medias, Instagram is patty.negri, at pattynegri, Twitter, Patty Negri Psychic Medium on Facebook. Um, but again, everything kind of comes to the main website as well because we do have a virtual world. So come back next week. You guys, magic is everywhere. Ah, you just got to look sometime. Thank you and thank you, Father. My Paranormal Network.